2: For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you, and the truth that is rooted
3: within me. Hi and welcome to MindShifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm your co-host, Jeannie Rice, along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Tuesday, September the 8th, 2015. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that lets us know that you want to talk to us, that you're not just listening. It puts you in queue. We'd love to hear your comments and your questions, because then that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael.
1: Well, thank you, dear heart, and uh, good afternoon, everyone. We're just honored and delighted that you're here with us today. And uh, we are still in Theodosia. we got a little bit of a cloudy day. I think they're calling for some rain. But uh, things have been moving along here at Heartland, lots of uh, improvements taking place, things on, on an upward journey, and uh, all things moving forward. We uh, We, of course, are moving forward with the first century Aramaic process of forgiveness, the understanding, the um, expansion of the tool of forgiveness on a planet-wide scale, a tool that's been hidden from us for, well, about 2,000 years. And what we've been working on is understanding and uncovering the first century Aramaic forgiveness process, quite the opposite of the one that we're taught by our culture We're taught that if we're in pain, of course, it's always somebody else's fault, and all we need to do is forgive them, let them off the hook, and then things will get better in our lives. And, of course, that's the lie of the century. Letting somebody else off the hook may have the benefit of disconnecting that other person from the pain that's inside of you so there's some improvement. But until the pain that is inside is addressed, and removed, and that's what the word forgiveness means, remove, Until it's removed, there will be the recurrence. The why is this happening to me? Again, experience over and over and over ad nauseum. Because content replays in the mind. If you found yourself stuck in a pattern of some form of hostility or fear and been pointing that at someone else and been counseled to forgive them for your hostility or fear, we invite you to stop that process You may choose, and please label it accurately if you choose to pardon them, And awesome, pardon them. I let you off the hook for the crazy thing you did. And by the way, thank you for showing me my pain. Now I realize I have this pain inside of me. I can go to work and remove it. Where do I find that technology? Well, folks, if you haven't accessed it yet, we invite you to go to our website, whyagain.org. In the center of the page, you'll find a bullseye. Click that bullseye, and it will open a whole series of links. A copy of Chapter 24 of my book. The worksheet process itself is the second link. The third link, you'll find the uh, uh, 18 or pardon me, 16. At least 16 different radio shows. There are some other important ones in that section too, aside from our regular archives, which have over a thousand shows. But there's 16 different radio shows in that third link that will walk you through step-by-step how to use the first-century Aramaic forgiveness process. Please don't expect to understand it the first time you're exposed to it. When you start recognizing that we're answering here the question of the ages. 2,000 years ago, they had a question, or pardon me, an answer to the question, why is this happening to me again and what you can do about it? It was called forgiveness if you lived your whole life in drama and trauma, childhood, unresolvable, seemingly unresolvable issues in relationships, financial hardships, physical disease, then please, please let go of the expectation that in an instant you're going to figure out and understand how to correct all that because you're not. It's a process. Hang around it long enough. Use it, use it, and use it, and you will come to understand. You will develop the skill and the ability to literally remove from your structure any capacity for any form of hostility, fear, rage, guilt, grief, pain, drama, or trauma. Doesn't mean everything in your life is going to be rosy. Doesn't mean you're not going to face things. But each time you face something, you realize when the you recognize that the mind constructs the world you see that it is an internal construct that when your construct is showing you pain and you're feeling pain, you realize you have work to do and you do your next piece of work. And life just moves forward from strength to strength and becomes an awesome experience. We're here to support you in having that awesome experience by sharing this technology and everything that we've developed over the last half century of working with these tools. And so we're honored that you're here to share the space with us, and we would love to hear any questions that you have or any experiences you have to share with the worksheet. Jeannie, is Dr. Tim with us?
3: He is, and he's on.
1: Well, let's say hello to Dr. Tim and see what's exciting in his world today.
4: All right, here we are. The first two sure. clicks didn't take me out of, off mute. I am doing I well. I'm doing well. I um, had a, a hope that one of our people, or we've had two or three people recently who called in and said they were brand new to the work, and we sent them to the website and encouraged them to call back with questions or comments or testimonials. So I'm, I'm hopeful one or two of those will come in today. or tomorrow or the next day Um, things are going well here and I'm working with people who are continually expanding their awareness about how they're creating their own pain and it's a delight to see people choose to get healthy and choose to take full responsibility for the pain they're creating and of course there are many opportunities in my life and other people's lives to see just the opposite happening. And, um, you know, one of the things that came to my mind to talk about today was the fact that I can't make anybody do anything that they don't want to do. And so I know people who swear by, um, I think it's Michael Neal's, Um, three observations or three steps and yet when the rubber meets the road in their life they are just as much of a raving maniac as they were before they learned about michael neal's basic observations which have to do with you know very similar to what you've learned with why is this happening to me again and the forgiveness process And I I know people who are trying to get them to stop or change. They're trying to get them to understand you don't have to be that way. And you know what? Want to change? They're not going to change. There is no tool in the world that is going to change somebody who wants to hold on to their pain or their identification with their pain. And so while it's... It's highly recommended. I often encourage people to model changing. I also frequently have to remind people, I think you talk about it in terms of John the Baptist who had to learn when to hold up the mirror and when to duck. And so it's okay to hold up the mirror, but please don't try to beat somebody into submission with the mirror. And please feel free to just show them what you've learned by applying it in your own life and then be being willing to, you know, release them if they choose to hold on to their pain and their fear and their anger. Because there's no amount of efforting on my part that's going to make somebody else relax, choose joy, let go of their pain use the forgiveness tool, et cetera. So that would be my offering. There are all kinds of other things I can talk about, but that's where I would start today. Well,
1: I agree with you right on track, and it does bring to mind the old uh, adage that says you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And I like to add to that, but you can make him thirsty, and the most powerful way to make him thirsty is model it. Show him it can be done, you know. And when people see that it can be done, then it opens a space I think for them to be able to make a different choice. But until somebody's got the brain cells for the fact that it can change, and I think I think one of the challenges in that regard, Tim, is that uh, you know so many people have they've in their minds tried everything except what works, and having tried everything, they've just come to the point where they've given up. It's just not possible. And until the person who's come to the conclusion that it's not possible has a, an opening or has the brain cells to go, hmm, maybe I've been mistaken. I love that lesson a New Beginning in The Course in Miracles. It says, I hope I've been mistaken because now I can be shown a different way. And so, uh, you know, modeling it gives people the opportunity to see that, ah, it can actually be done. And And I think that's when people then reach for the tools and begin to uh, to start to shift and move. <clears throat> but it can certainly be a challenge. I know I, I was having a conversation with somebody on Facebook this morning and they're just sure that they're feeling everybody else's feelings and the, the willingness to recognize that unless you've got a tuning mechanism for a feeling, you can't feel it and you can't feel anybody else's. You feel your own interpretation of it. You feel the energy in your own body. It's kind of like you can't get an AM signal into an FM radio. The signal just won't go there. There's no tuning mechanism for it. And the only way we can pretend to feel somebody else's pain is if we have a similar pain. And my take is that there are two places we can come from with having that tuning mechanism where that similar pain is. One, we've done no work on it. We haven't resolved it. We go berserk and into our pain and say, and here I am, I'm I'm being impacted by your pain. Look what you're making me feel. Or the alternative is if I work through that, I can become aware perhaps of the nature of your pain through the pain that i've experienced and if i've worked through that particular pain then i can be very powerfully empowered to be the space of support for the healing of another's pain but uh, the people who who play the game of they're feeling everybody else's that that's just another my take is that's just another form of denial another way of hiding the part of our own minds from ourselves and pretending that You know, it's actually somebody else. It's just a variation on the theme of denial. And to open that game of denial and take responsibility is a big step for a lot of folks. And we're here to, you know, hold the handrails and support people going through that process and opening to the depth of healing that, you know, leads people into re-experiencing some of the deepest traumas that have ever happened on the planet. And when a deep trauma is re-experienced and we've chosen to bring love, conscious, active, and present into the space first, the deepest, most traumatic experiences can dissolve in seconds and and simply be done. I, I just love it when people do a worksheet and, you know, when it gets to the step six where you say, well, you know, how do you feel now? It's like, well... I feel like just this huge burden's been lifted off of my shoulder. And and what's the situation look like to you now? And and the most common answer I've seen over the years is, well, it was so silly that I was upset about that. Why wasn't it silly four minutes ago when I started this worksheet? It's because I had all this energy that made it serious and real and about them. And once I enter the forgiveness process and peel it off, so much of what people go into disturbance and upset about is just... Plain silliness, but they can't see the silliness because their mind invests it with a, a perception, a construct of, boy, this is survival, this is, you know, look what you've done to me, and to soften that stance and and let it loose. And, and it lets loose, you know, piece by bit, bit by piece. It doesn't necessarily all disappear at once, but it sure is a uh, an awesome blessing from where I sit to get to uh, play with so many folks around the globe who are opening this space for really deep, deep generational healing. It's pretty awesome.
3: Michael, we have two callers.
1: Well, let's say hello then. That's awesome.
3: Awesome. The first one is Erico901. You're on the air. Who do we have and where are you calling
1: from?
0: Okay.
3: Hello. Whoops.
1: Sounds like Brenda. How are you, young lady?
0: It is, Brenda. I'm in the middle of a forest. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> pulling nice. B- pulling vines out of trees and hoping there's it's not poison ivy. Anyway. <laughs> Ooh,
1: I'll join you in that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've already gone through that bout once. So, anyway, um, this morning I was doing some worksheets on my brain. And so I'm going to ask a couple questions because we talk about how the body can heal itself um, once we take out the blocks that are creating the energies that have uh, put that disease into the body. I have found, I have experienced that my brain understands concepts um, quite easily and quite well. I have about three or four friends whose brains grasp and recall facts and figures in a way that I wish that my brain did. And I am facing a uh, court session in which I find that I have fear and anxiety and such about getting into that position and having my brain not recall the information that I need. So, I decided that I would start doing worksheets on it, and I'd like some comments on whether or not we can respect the the way in which our brain recalls um, by doing worksheets and cleaning out energy.
1: Well, a couple of A couple of perspectives on that. The first one that comes is that the person who, let's say, for instance, lives in denial most of their lives, doesn't want to feel, doesn't want to deal with things, spends a lifetime making choices that weaken their ability to perceive accurately. For instance, if there's an old trauma that I don't want to deal with and it's coming to the surface, and this is something that I say from the point of view of intensives. I remember we had a gentleman, actually it was a medical doctor that was here at an intensive all the way back, about 15 years ago. And, you know, we serve a fresh and raw dietary regimen that's designed to help to create nutritional solvency and energetic solvency within the system. And this medical doctor actually climbed out through a back window in the building, in the bedroom that he was staying in, and drove to town to get a Coke and some junk food. (laughs) And my take would be something was getting ready to move for him, being on the vitalizing end of the food process, was Uh re-solidifying his nutritional solvency, and that meant that up comes the next layer. And so if we spent a lifetime making choices to weaken ourselves, then... You can, we can work through an issue or, or begin the working through of an issue, but literally there's not going to be the mineral solvency, the nutritional solvency, to really truly move the energy out fully until we are resolidified. solidified which means we need to pay extra attention to the nutrition that we're engaging in, to the energies that we're bringing in, that we keep bringing in things that will solidify the ability to process an energy and to create brain recall. So that would be one part of the puzzle is really paying attention in particular to nutritional habits and really making consistently good choices that strengthen the ability to process energy and perceive correctly. The other side of the equation, and I think you you mentioned it very clearly, is gee, here I am standing in front of a judge and up is my fear and my hostility. And fear and hostility are the great destroyers of perception. Perception is always degraded, which ties in with memory is degraded as well in terms of what's the piece of information I need to recall in order to move forward with this particular issue or this particular situation. Now, oftentimes my experience has been that people who have a lot of hostility are invested in recalling every detail of everything that has happened to them so that they can defend themselves and uh, um, prove that it's somebody else's fault. So they have recalled, well, yeah, but you remember the third Tuesday of the fourth month of 10 years ago at two o'clock in the morning, you said, blah, and and they actually recall that stuff. And it's the hostility-based mind that leaves that kind of fact in place, but leaves us stammering when new information is trying to come through. If you listen to Yeshua, uh, he says, and, and I think he gives us a really big key here, he says, when they take you before the judge, be not concerned, for the words will be put in your mouth. And, you know, if I trust my own mind and memory, and there are blocks, nutritional insolvencies, the inability to conduct energy properly, I'm probably going to end up in trouble. When I can soften and trust that the information will be given to me, that my intuitive faculty will kick in, and one of the the things that will block the intuitive faculty faster than anything is either fear or hostility. So forgiving, letting loose of the fear and hostility of standing before authority, would I think be an important piece of work to do, and then cultivating the trust that, okay, I know there is a power that is in me that is not of me, that's bigger than I am and knows a whole lot more than I do, and in fact knows exactly what's going on in the mind of this judge and what this judge needs to hear in order to hear the truth of what I'm saying. And so I'm going to cultivate trust that that power will give me the information that I need as I stand there. Now, of course, that doesn't mean don't do your prep, don't have your notes there. But at the same time, in, in the last analysis, I think he gave us a big key in, am I going to trust Ruka, that elemental force that lies within me, that by definition in Aramaic, is the feminine elemental force in us that undoes the effects of our errors and teaches us the truth. Am I willing to trust that? And so I I would offer that cultivating that trust will also be a very important factor. So there are at least three things that I would feedback would be probably useful in moving in that direction. And Tim might have some other thoughts to add to that too.
0: Did I interject here? Say again. Hello? I said, may I interject here?
1: Oh, please, yes.
0: I, all three of those things. Today was the first day that I did worksheets on the brain. I, ha- brain. I have been doing worksheets on the fear and um, other issues around the individuals, the other individuals who are going to be there, and the fact that I have no idea how this process works. However, I do have availability to uh, find out some of that. Um, My uh, next question would have be so I'll continue with that because it sounds like I'm on the right track um, with that. The other question I have is, um, as you know, when I was five, I was paralyzed by an antimalarial drug, and I wonder often if maybe there was some effect on that part of my brain um, through that experience. So. If that were the case then my the rest of my question is how does this process help rebuild those um that ability and uh, I'll listen for all your answers
1: Well my take would be that yes is it possible that there is a uh, uh an energy hanging over from that antimalarial drug that created the paralysis that's still impacting it yes it's very possible and that would mean that i'd want to go into some deep deep brain detoxing and cleansing uh there's a psychiatrist out in california named daniel ammons ammons clinic and he's doing uh what they call spec and, and you can google him or actually i just uh put a post a few days ago on my Facebook page with a link to uh, his his picture of of brain functioning on drugs. And so SPECT, S-P-E-C-T imaging, and basically what it is, is it's a technology where they're taking pictures of the energy patterns in the brain and how the brain is working. And, uh, you know, in my awareness, and Tim might have some other input for you, but in my awareness, I think Ammons is probably one of the top people in the world that can show you how to detox your brain and clean it up and get it back to function. So you might want to um, you know, look for or Google S-P-E-C-T, and he's got a lot of videos out there and and uh a lot of a lot of really good work. I know him personally uh, and he's just doing some awesome work with people in cleaning up brains that have been damaged by drugs uh, by uh um uh, you know accidents brain injuries those sorts of things and recovering brain function so so i'd I'd look at what um what Daniel's doing and uh you might find some um uh, some input there and some support.
0: That would be really good because I do know that there are times and there are days, and I think this goes back to the thing on nutrition and on the absence of fear and hostility at a given moment because there are times where pieces of information will come to the surface as I look at something that it would be like, what? where, How did that come from? So I know everything's stored there. And right. there are days, there are times and moments when there's clarity of information that, you know, it was like, well, why would I be storing that? But it shows that there, at times, is a, a clarity equal to what I just in other in other in some of my friends.
1: And also looking at the impact of the kind of messages you were given because one of the things that inhibits uh, brain recall and brain function is the things that we're told. You know, if somebody's told, you're stupid. You know, everyone has a genius brain. Unless there's, you know, some kind of really serious mechanical damage, everyone has a genius mind. The, the, and I'm not. I, I use the word brain, but I meant mind. The being is where the mind is, and can yeah. you get it through the instrument of the brain? And if the brain is told repeatedly, "You're stupid. You're never good enough. You'll never, you'll never You know, you'll you'll never be able to do that," then that becomes an inhibitor that keeps that part of the brain from functioning. And so that's where the forgiveness process comes in to forgive those issues until the brain is just a device. For transmitting the information that comes from the mind, which comes out of the state of being, and then uh, would become—you know—that information becomes more available to us. But when blocks are put in, until those blocks are forgiven, it can totally inhibit brain function.
4: Okay. Dr. King, yes. Have any thoughts, to add There. Well, you already covered it. I was going to mention Dr. Amen's work because that's the most concise source for that type of work i mean he's got some wonderful ted talks out there and he talks about how he got attacked by his colleagues because he wanted to use the imaging of brain scans and they said no that's only for research you shouldn't be using it for clinical and he said that's the that's the silliest thing i've ever heard because if we leave that That way, that means we as neuroscientists are going to be the only physicians who do not look at the organ we're treating. So he actually (laughs) looks at the brain scans, looks at, at the blood flow, looks at the electrical activity, and then he has research that helps him understand which parts of the brain respond to which nutrients, and he would much rather have people on nutrient supplements and detoxing than he would have them on the anticonvulsant medications, et cetera. He will, he will give those if they're needed, but um, he's found tremendous results with, as you said, with brain injury and with people with tension deficit result, uh, disorder and, and a hyperactivity. His wife is a nurse-slash-nutritionist who has a, a CD or DVD out on how to treat or cure the tension deficit and hyperactivity with diet. So that's where I would send you. It's the Amen Clinics, A-M-E-N-C-L-I-N-I-C-S.
0: Okay. Great. I will have to uh, look that up. I did a mind shifter this morning. Oh, go ahead. Were you saying something else?
1: Nope.
0: Okay. I did a mind shifter this morning, um, I believe is what I recall, because it is safe and healing, and... Um, it is safe and healing to have a brilliant and defective um, brain? I believe that's what the Montessori said. And it was interesting because I had a a negative response to that, which I guess is not surprising to you all. And I have not yet. I wrote about a so, uh, full page of responses and questions and such like that, but I really haven't tapped into why I would have a negative response about that, except that apparently there's a payoff that I have have not yet uncovered. And so if you can address maybe the mind shifter in regards to that.
1: Well, there's so many messages that children are given For instance, I know one person who uh, probably was a genius beyond what her brothers ever thought of being, but um, the message she got was, oh, you you can't outdo your brothers. You've got to step back. You're not allowed to do that. Uh, I know another woman who was was extremely athletic, and uh, her brother was somewhat of a klutz, and so her parents totally suppressed her athletic performance so that she didn't show up her brother. Mm-hmm. You know, crazy time, crazy. But, but you know, no, you can't outshine your brother, so shut that down. Don't do that. And so that that might be part of why it's not safe to be brilliant. And as you let go of that, then you know a a mind shifter. If there were messages like that, for instance, the uh, the young lady I talked about uh, spoke about outshining her, her brothers with intelligence and capabilities. So the message came from parents. So the the mind shifter for something like that would be, mom and dad always approved of me showing my extreme brilliance in every circumstance and letting that be a catalyst to to show where perhaps that wasn't true so that I can go in and forgive that energy. So, you know, if, if mom went into a rage because mom, who was more brilliant than her sibling brothers, was maybe beaten for surpassing her brothers. And so whenever that issue came up, Up came rage and in the kind of the twisted desire in mom's mind to protect the daughter from that same beating went into a fit of rage and said, Don't you ever outperform your brothers like that and you know, I mean, there are just so many crazy dynamics that happen and of course to recognize that it's all got to do with mind energy and it's all forgivable, the key is you gotta get in touch with it, you gotta let yourself touch into at least what the issue is about and what the goal is in that particular circumstance. You know, mom's goal would be prote- to protect, but then when hostility comes in, protection then looks like attack. And so whenever, you know, that the, the child who was the recipient of that is threatened, what's she going to do? She's going to do what her power person did. She's going to attack. And it's just, you know, the beat goes on generation to generation. And as we're able to step back, you know, become the thinker apart from the thought, the feeler apart from the feeling, the actor apart from the actions, and watch ourselves and really see through to the truth of what's at the root of the behavior, rather than, you know, mom's truth was, I'm just protecting my daughter from getting hurt like I did. And the truth was, in rage, she was attacking her daughter. But she couldn't see that because what her brain said was, this kind of hostility toward my daughter is going to protect her from the hurts that I experienced. And then the daughter taking on the message that, you know, whenever the stress is up and the chips are down, what I have to do is attack. But the brain says, no, well, what I'm doing is protecting. And, you know, it, it always tells the lie and that's where the forgiveness process comes in and allows the collapse, collapse, collapse. I I, I love what uh, Carl Jung said and when you look at the idea that, you know, as as verified by the CIA, when we think we're recording reality we're actually generating it, we're actually constructing it. Mm-hmm. Then when I construct a reality based in hostility or fear and I'm unwilling to see beneath it I look at this picture in my mind, and I think I'm actually looking at the outside world when what I'm looking at and what I'm feeling the effects of is the picture in my mind constructed by, by my mind from the content of my mind. And until I can collapse that, I'm going to tend to be stuck in it. So Carl Jung says, those who look without dream. Everybody is looking at every construct in their mind and thinks they're looking out there. They're stuck in a dream. Mm-hmm. And then he says... Those who look within awaken. And so when I can drop into a deeper part of my mind, which is what the forgiveness process empowers me to do, then I can awaken from the dream of the generations and really truly start to do things differently.
0: It's interesting that when you were talking about childhood stuff, because I have been doing some worksheets on not ever being listened to or nobody asking me my opinion, which... Just light bulb, I guess, went on that um, this would be tied into the same kind of scenario. If if I wasn't listened to and nobody asked my opinion, then there was no use for me to exercise that part. Exactly. Good catch. Um, So I think it all sounds
1: like a really appropriate one.
0: Yes. So I'll continue working on those and on the things and then i'll I'll check out about the new- nutrition i actually am getting ready to do a a colon cleanse and then a liver cleanse and a kidney cleanse so i'm i'm getting, in the process of get, starting to do that so that may be um, maybe it's all coming well, together one thing so,
1: so, so. sounds like it and a good mind shifter to put into the equation might be. Whichever parent or both parents if it was both. Mom and Dad always approved of me expressing my brilliance.
0: Okay. Um I what, what I does will that do to that. your breath? Well, no, it I'm I'm breathing on that one. Um what it did trigger is the memory of my father not listening to my mother. Uh, and then my okay. father, so that was um Had all ties in there on that one. So that that might be another
1: dynamic. That might be another dynamic to look at as women are never listened to, so why bother?
0: Right. And with my mother's side of the family, whenever they were angry or hostile with each other, they didn't speak to each other. So someone not Mm. speaking or giving information was a sign of. Angel has still or something like that. And so I've been working with that right. on the pictures on and, and the stuff. All right, well, it looks like I'm on the right track, and I've got some very good information from you. Thank you to continue.
1: Absolutely delighted. Thank you. All right, well, enjoy be- the woods. Blessings.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. All
1: right, we appreciate you. Awesome. It's wonderful to watch people as they do their work and I appreciate, Brenda, the way you've shared your process with me for so many years and your dedication and commitment to the work you're doing is just awesome.
3: So 646, oh, did we have another caller, Jean? We have two more callers. The next one is area oh, code 541. You're on the air.
5: Hello. It's Julie from Ashland, Oregon. Hey, there, young
1: lady. Welcome. How can we support you today?
5: Well, um I'm already feeling supported, and just want to share something in my process. Please um, do. And I know that so- that sounds maybe like avoidance, but um, I'm there's a there's a, an awareness I'm living in that I thought I would share, in case it's helpful to anyone else. Um, okay. And the, and what that is is that I'm really, really, really noticing energy. That I emanate in the forms that show up outside me. So I'm I'm a, I'm feel like I'm grasping some things in the Course in Miracles that I never understood before. And every time I see a form outside me and I'm feeling aggravated, I I immediately now go to the um, I, I oh, it's so hard to talk about. Um, I go to the energy. I ask myself the question is the energy in me right now with regard to what I'm seeing outside of myself. And um I'm basically seeing some basal core bottom line energy showing up all the time, no matter what the form looks like, and um it's helping me to settle um and organizing my life more when I'm feeling fragmented and drawn to too many activities and worthy uh, crusade like adventures <laughs> you know political things i i uh, and when i so when I go into that overwhelm, I go to this energy that is really anger and fear most of the time and um and then how I deal with it. And so I'm actually generating these forms outside of me, so as to see. Uh, in the past, this is helped had the only way I knew to cope with energies I didn't understand inside me. So now, what it is is that I'm starting to understand these energies just as energies that I'm, and without the fear of them, because of doing worksheets, I I can handle whatever I put in um, 1C about my feelings. Um, And then, so now I'm starting to see them right away just and more forms showing up, and I'm not as easily drawn off of my center of being by focusing on what's outside of me and getting too caught up in it. I just keep pulling back to, is this an energy that I am still creating outside of me? For me to see and what can I see now and 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 this is like such a shortcut to just oh I see that okay so now what you know and and so I move through things faster um and it's a it's an amazing awareness to have so um I don't know if that was clear but um and and then things like okay it's not always a negative energy there's also very constructive supportive energies and um so i read the course of miracles uh from time to time at least a few times a week and usually it only takes one or two paragraphs and i go oh that i see that now you know one of those kind of awarenesses which i i admit i thrive on i love that kind of stuff and um and Michael, I just want to acknowledge, I just feel like I I I want to um, acknowledge how thorough your worksheets are because every time I read a paragraph in the Course in Mir- Miracles, I see, oh yeah, he put that in the worksheet, that's in the worksheet, every sentence in every paragraph. You've got it there and it's the undoing of the ego and getting back to the joy and essence of who we are and you know, that that's the seventy seven times seventy seven times. I mean, this is a daily cleansing that um I'm learning to do and I've been wanting to get stronger with. Just cleansing that's my awesome. mind. Cleansing Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. And my tithe is on its way, but you may <laughs> you may um understand. Or um, when I tell you that I have been doing worksheets on tithing, which I didn't even think that would come up, but i've I've had barriers to tithing come up, so um, and I'm determined to send you what I can and i' and i have uh i just i need to trust that whatever I send is okay because um see, I've been doing a control thing on it about well, what if it's not the same amount every month, or what if? I earn less, and oh, no, and, and then that is exactly what happens. I lose a student instead of being a student. So I'm just gathering my awareness about that, and I will be sending a check, and I was wondering where you are now to send it to. Should I just always send it to Theodosia?
1: Uh, well, right now, Theodosia would be the place where i actually be leaving here uh, the first Last October, 1st of November, so until then, this would be a great place to send anything that you choose to do. And it sounds like you learned firsthand the message that Job tried to give thousands of years ago when he said, that which I feared most has come upon me. When I turn my mind toward fear, it becomes a powerful amplifier for what I create. And so I support you turning your mind toward confidence and knowing that you're taken care of and that whatever support you send, you know, if, if one week it's a dollar, so what? And then the next week, if it's a million dollars, so what? Great. <laughs> we, we appreciate all support that uh, that happens to show up and, you know, use it in order to bring the work to the next level. What can we do to take this to the next level of making this support available to every mind, heart, and being on the planet? So, cool. mm-hmm. and, you know, and another, way that, my- another another way that you can tithe is that, you know, There are many projects that that are always ongoing around this work. And one of the things that the work has been suffering from for a while now is that we don't have anyone who's doing uh, a daily synopsis of the radio show. And I know you listen most every day, but that would be another really wonderful way of tithing. You know, just take five minutes after you listen to the show and just do a short, you know, here's what the show was about it was a conversation about you know uh brain function and nutrition and uh and healing the brain there was a conversation about you know uh the experience of internal perception being projected you know just a short description so that we can po- post those on the website so that People are looking through the archives and looking through a particular topic, so if you've got the space and the inclination, that would be awesome. Or if anybody has that, we could certainly use that support to uh, to keep the uh, the archives in line, where people can more easily find what they're looking for in the way of support. Um, so my goal, who would line. I
5: who who would I send that to? I've done this before you with just Magda. Send it
1: to yeah, you could just send it to Jeannie. Yeah, that'd Email? be awesome.
5: Email, okay. Okay, no. cool. I, I often just... do think that that would be good for me to do. And here's the thing when I was doing it before, I I would just do two lengthy of notes. I was However, now from this energy point of view, um I think I can be more succinct and and quicker to the, the you know the the real distinctive features of each show. So I will give it another um effort
1: oh, oh. and Awesome.
5: Um, I wanted to say one more thing. Another uh, sort of awareness that I'm walking in these days, um, guided by Rukacha and Holy Spirit, is to keep my mind in singular focus. When you were telling me um, to, if my mind engages in fear, that's what I'm going to create from. So um, shifting into that singular focus of what really is true and real, which is love primarily, is the easiest way to encapsulate it. That really works, and it's really helpful. And um, and anyway, I'm just offering that. Okay, I'm done. Cool.
1: Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. All right, well, you know, there's a there's a physicist named Jack Safati and what he wrote is that matter is light energy solidified, trapped light. And of course, the thing becomes wow. the question is, what is the trapper? The trapper of light that creates the world of matter is our thoughts. What do we do with them? And, you know, you go back to Yeshua and he said it very succinctly. The physicist, psychologist Yeshua said, let thine eye be single and thy body will be filled with light. He was a physicist speaking the same language as Safat. speaking now 2,000 years later. Focus on one frequency to the exclusion of all others you will trap that energy and you will make it part of your physiology and your world. So it's it's powerful to understand and glad that that's uh, getting clearer and clearer for you and appreciate the work you're doing.
5: And I heard it all from you, and thank you for, again, that reinforcement and um, the and integration with to. the Courts and Miracles. Thank you.
1: Yeah, and you had to do it to make it yours. Lots of yeah. people hear it. You know, who was it that said, be not just a hearer of the word, but the doer. you got to take it and put it into action. And, and it only becomes truly expressed in those who choose to use it. Lots of people hear it and do nothing. Yeah. That's just part yeah. of the game. Well,
5: it's amazing. Blessings. It's amazing.
3: Okay, thank you. Carry on. All right, <laughs> lots of love. Blessings. Right, take care. Blessings.
1: Bye-bye. All right. All right. Jeannie, did you have another call caller for us?
3: We do. It's area code seven six five. You're on the air. Hi there, this is Sunny.
1: Hey there, young lady. How are you today?
3: Oh, um, great, great.
6: Um, could you please repeat that um Daniel's web address or the the spelling of the last name is I got S. Yeah, I need to contact him.
3: Amen. <laughs> A M E N S. It's S. Say
1: again. Yeah, and if you put in spec, SPECT, S P E C T, S
0: uh, P E C T, that S-P-E-C-T. will, imaging, okay. imaging,
1: spec Imaging will take you there very quickly. That's, I believe he's the, 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 the the number one person, I don't know whether others do me, and I assume that there are, but he's kind of the person who's most out there. You can look for him on YouTube. There's there's all kinds of material. And as as Tim was saying, there are some TED Talks that he does that are just brilliant.
6: Well, hopefully um, that could be the other part of where I'm in the recovery process. I think you know the the details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And uh, I'd rather... Rather do this than wait for them to scrape my skull.
1: (laughs) There you go. You got got my um, support for sure.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, and then um, with the post that I made about my friend's father having passed away, I've been processing worksheets, and I'm kind of speaking quickly here for time's sake. Um, I've looked at sadness, and I've you know canceled the goal of his potential recovery. And um, without too much story, um, pulling me out of the mercury threw me into leukemia, but my professor was graceful enough to have never let me known about the leukemia. I mean, sick was sick was sick, and, until after I was through it. And with Jack having passed away from leukemia, whatever's happening to me today, Michael, and since yesterday, that I'm right on the edge of tears, and I... I don't. I can't identify. It a with
4: whole
6: leukemia. other layer up for you. Right? Yeah, and I just. I mm. don't. Enough sadness. I don't identify with leukemia because I didn't have a relationship consciously with it, though I lived through it. You know, and I. I don't know if it's just gratitude. I don't certainly want to fight it, but it's. I mean, I'm just kind of you know that whole. I'm just sitting here for no reason with tears right now streaming down my cheeks.
1: Let's just and, breathe um, into it, then be with those tears and breathe. There's one of, in that state where there's not cognitive awareness, one of the most powerful gifts you can give yourself is just allow yourself to soften and just breathe and just connect your breath and be with what you're feeling. And you know, if it's if it's going to intensify then it will intensify and keep your breath moving. And there'll come a point where whatever the energy is, with the movement of the breath, it will simply pass. And with it passing, with it letting go, may come the awareness of specifically what it was about, and it may not, but that really doesn't matter.
6: What is your philosophy or thoughts, even opinions, about the gift of, of being an empath or empathy? Because I'm very, very close to, his, um, to Rex, and I've done a lot of serious, serious work with him um in counseling and so on in the past. Could I it, could that be like a I don't know, certainly on a very deep level of borrowing borrowing of emotions or what have you.
1: I Well, you know, I kind of it's interesting you bring that up. I don't you may not have heard the first part of the show, but I did speak about an interaction I had with somebody on Facebook this morning. Uh, where this person's all about being an empath. And, you know, I feel everybody else's feelings, and, you know, I have to stay away from people because they disturb me and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, <laughs> right, right. You know, here, here's, my, here's my take. I can't put, and they, you know, I'm listening to 900 on the AM dial, and I love this music that I'm listening to. And I just dropped and broke my AM radio. But I've got a really nice, very expensive FM setup over here. So I'm going to turn it on and listen to the 900 uh, AM station. I can run that tuner from one end to the other, all three bands, till the cows come home. I'm not going to get to listen to 900 on the AM dial. Not in the next million years, because there is no tuning mechanism that resonates or tunes to 900 AM in the FM signal. If I have unresolved trauma in an arena that I live in denial of, they traumatized me, then I've hidden my trauma from me. I'm walking down the street and I see a situation occur that resonates that denied trauma in me. And if I stay in my denial, then the fact that I have the tuning mechanism for that particular quality of trauma i.e. loss of someone close to me then all of a sudden I find myself going into grief around loss and I'm looking at this other person as the cause of my see I'm feeling their grief my bottom line is you can't feel anybody else's it's impossible but through your tuning mechanism of grief you can feel grief and if I remember correctly, in one of our earlier processing sessions, you shared with me the fact that uh, I believe you were two years of age when your mother passed away.
2: Yeah. Am I remembering
1: months. that de- detail 18 correctly? Months. 18 months. Yeah. yeah. So is it possible, you know, as I mentioned that, is it possible that maybe the 18-month-old, Now, people say, well, they didn't understand and they didn't know. The 18-month-old got the energy 100%. And so is it possible that maybe the tuning mechanism for your friend's pain is the pain that you haven't resolved, maybe all the way back to an 18-month-old and maybe even something genetic over the loss of someone?
6: Right. Well, the reason Did I you brought breathe it up... To into that,
1: what, what comes up?
6: Right. Well, the reason I brought it up is because, oddly enough, as I'm recovering my brain and, you know, just, it, 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 there's no words... Um, Just before Rex called or texted me to let me know that his father suddenly and quite surprisingly just passed away. I mean, he was on a road to recovery. Um, Rex had come to mind. I was driving to a location, and I thought, well, as soon as I get there, I'll text. So he had come to mind, and I walked in the door of destination, and a text came up on my phone, and it was him. Mm -hmm i just wondering how is is what part, yeah, what parts of my brain are actually coming back to life? Which is, you know, yay. But um,
1: of course, yeah, of course, intuition is, isn't a part of your brain. Intuition is a part of, is a part of your being. The intuitive faculty is something that comes in through the brain, but it comes from being. The brain is just the it's like the the radio receiver. It's the receiver. It's the place where it expresses, but it isn't the source of it. So yeah, as you can quiet your brain then those higher faculties can bring through more and more information. And that's where, as I said to Brenda earlier, speaking to Yeshua, that he said, you know, when you go before the judge, don't be concerned. The words will be put in your mouth. If you let your intuitive faculty function. Now, if you're in concern and fear, the brain's going to interfere with that process. But when we can get peaceful and trust the cultivation of trust allows us to be guided in a much deeper way. And we're down to the last few seconds, so I'm going to have to quickly say thank you for being with us. Thank you for the questions. And if we need to continue this conversation tomorrow, it would be an honor. It would be to. In the meantime, have the best year yet of your eternal life. I'll bring us to the show tomorrow. Bye-bye.
2: Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife Jeannie who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com www.whyag.com a-I-N dot com.